Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, April 30th, 2022. Everybody, it is a wonderful time of the year. Spring is blooming, days are getting longer and lighter, and we are going to start getting more and more psalms in our walk through the Bible this year. All those things coming together at the same time is frankly pretty glorious. I love the Psalms. Uh, there's something about them. They they speak to kind of all levels of the human experience. I think they're a great thing even in our uh, Bible reading. I think Psalms perhaps more than any other portion of scripture can really ignite our prayers um, to God. And, and so I'm really excited to dig into more Psalms as we get more into the life of David. And as we're reading through both the Old Testament and the New Testament, in a more chronological order. Well, now we are getting to that portion of scripture and the portion of history in our Old Testament reading where more and more of the Psalms were written. So we'll be reading a lot more Psalms in the coming uh, days, weeks, months, and I'm very excited about that. And today we see Psalm 59. And I love how this ends. And today we, we see uh, sometimes we, we put Psalms where we think things happened. But today, uh, we know that this psalm fits with our Old Testament reading in 1 Samuel, and we'll see that. Uh, But I want to start just by looking at the psalm a little bit and then looking at where it comes from. And I was particularly encouraged uh, by the end of this psalm. But let's start with the history. You, You see there, there's kind of the note at the beginning of uh, the psalm, and while that's not a part of the verses, um, if, if you have a Bible like mine, uh, the English Standard Version, they put headings in, like mine over chapter 59 says, deliver me from my enemies. Uh, that's not in any Bible manuscripts that we have. That's the editors of this English Bible kind of helping you keep get your bearings a little bit as you go through uh, the psalms. But then it says, to the choir master, According to Do Not Destroy, a miktam of David, when Saul sent men to watch his house in order to kill him. So there it says what it is, what is happening. And that helps us understand when David starts, deliver me from my enemies, oh my God. Protect me from those who rise up against me. Deliver me from those who work evil and save me from bloodthirsty men. For behold, they lie in wait for my life. Fierce men stir up strife against me. For no transgression or sin of mine, O Lord, for no fault of mine, they run and make ready. Awake, come to meet me and see. You, Lord God of hosts, are God of Israel. Rouse yourself to punish all the nations. Spare none of those who treacherously plot evil. And so as you think through those uh, words, uh, there's probably a mixture of what you feel like you can identify with. Um, You might not really be able to identify with somebody watching your house in order to kill you. Maybe some of you can, but probably most of you, uh, not so much. But uh, the idea of people being out to get you or or people stirring up strife against you for no sin of your own, what well, more of us can probably identify with that. Um, and that's one beautiful thing about 
the Psalms and even just the the pressures of of life that we feel and that we do see evil at work in the world. Uh, We can identify with all of these things, but I love where this Psalm leads David in the end. The last two verses, verses 16 and 17, but I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. For you have been to me a fortress and a refuge in the day of my distress. O my strength, I will sing praises to you. For you, O God, are my fortress, the God who shows me steadfast love. I love how that ends because it shows that even though he's got enemies who are out to get him for no good reason. In the midst of all that, he is singing. What's dominating his life is not fear, but trust in a fortress, a God who he knows will show him steadfast love. And that's where we might not all be able to identify with somebody trying to kill us, but we can all identify with trouble in this life. And what I hope is all of us as believers can identify with singing of God's strength, taking refuge in that fortress and in the day of distress, trusting a God who shows steadfast love. I hope we can all identify with that. And I love how it says, sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. We probably all have differences and personalities and how we're wired and how we handle things. For me, the morning sometimes can just be the toughest time of day, like right when I'm waking up because there's the the physical component of things, right, where you're tired and your body is saying, more sleep, please. But then at that same time, your brain is starting to say, no, I can't sleep because of this, 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 and all these things that I've got to do and all these potential problems, right? And that's kind of what starts racing through my mind every morning when that alarm clock goes off and it's like, why well, my body's saying sleep more, but my mind is saying, no, you got all this stuff to do. And that, that can be a hard time. And maybe you can relate to that, or maybe that's how you feel at night or in the middle of the day. But I love how he says, I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning, right? Then when, when we wake up and we're faced with all the problems of a new day, as believers, we can trust, we can know that we are also faced with the steadfast love of God and that we have a fortress that we can look at all of those problems from, right? I think of the first time I was able to go to Masada in Israel, this fortress, and this might come up again as we go through the Psalms, but just being up on top of this mountain, looking down, and you can see even the ruins of the Roman encampments that were there, and they seem so far away because you are up in a fortress, And I hope sometimes that's how we can view just the trials in our life. Like, oh man, I am in a fortress that makes me look down on these things because I have a God who is full of steadfast love. So I hope Psalm 59 encourages you today. And I hope there's a lot more where that came from as we continue to read more and more Psalms together. Now, let's remind ourselves of where this Psalm came from as we look at 1 Samuel 19 and 20. So David has killed Goliath. 
David has gone on to be kind of in a military sense, just outrageously successful. But now we see Saul getting more and more jealous. And so we see in chapter 19, Saul tries to kill David. He even sends messengers to David's house to watch and kill him. And Michael, David's wife, who also just happens to be Saul's daughter. So not only is Saul, uh, you, you see the absurdity of Saul's jealousy in this, right? Not only is he trying to kill someone who's been outrageously successful in ways that have benefited Saul, right? The kingdom that Saul is king of is a much better place because of David. So it's kind of self-defeating his jealousy because it's trying to He's trying to kill someone that is an asset to him, but also he's trying to kill his own son-in-law. Now, if some of you say, uh, I can can relate to that, well, maybe we should have a conversation about some things going on uh, in your family. But I mean, that's messed up, right? To see him say, man, this guy that is an asset to me, this guy that is loyal to me, this guy that is married to my daughter, I want to kill him. And let that be just a little reminder of how crazy jealousy can make us. And that should maybe be a warning that we see from the life of Saul, because there might be some things you're thinking about. There might be some things that you're trying to do that are objectively pretty absurd. And you're being driven to these things because of some level of jealousy in your heart. And maybe let the story of Saul wake you up to that. But we see Saul try to kill David, but David flees and meets up with Samuel. And there we see the protection of God, how Saul sends messengers to go get them. Saul goes himself and he ends up looking like a fool, right? Um, Turns into this prophet, strips off his clothes. So there I think we see God even intervening to protect uh, David and the power of God, the steadfast love at God. Realize it wasn't up to David to protect himself. God was the one protecting David, his anointed. And then we see this moving passage in chapter 20 of Jonathan warning David. Uh, we see their friendship and we see just that, that memorable story of them warning each other uh, there in chapter 20. But now let's go on to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 25, where we see some parables that match up to what we've been seeing. Remember, we've been in the in the Gospels on the subject a bit more of eschatology, looking to the end, Christ even teaching about his second coming. But now he gives two parables that really help to follow up on what should be some of the practical implications of um, those conversations. And the first is the parable of the 10 virgins, where again, you've got the wise virgins and you've got the foolish virgins and the foolish ones take no oil for their lamps. And as the bridegroom comes, right, the foolish ones, they have no oil. And so they go off to get some for themselves. But while they're off, the bridegroom comes, takes the wise virgins away. And the the foolish ones come too late to the marriage feast. And uh, they are told, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. And the punchline in verse 13 is watch therefore, for you know, neither the day nor the hour. And that is a theme we see in the new Testament that we need to be ready. We don't know when the return of Christ is going to happen, but you need to be constantly ready. We should not be like these foolish virgins. So even going back to some of what we saw yesterday, are you being sleepy? Are you being foolish? Um, 
because you're not guarding the purity of your own heart. You're you're letting your guard down in some of those things. You're cozying up to the world that is passing away. These are foolish things. These are things that we don't want to be doing as we prepare for the second coming of Christ. Uh, Also, we, we think then of just faithfulness, and that's really what the next parable gets to. This man goes on a journey. He entrusts money, talents to his um, kind of to his servants, and we see some that are faithful and use those talents to to gain more talents. Ta- a talent was a, a kind of denomination of money back then. Uh, but then we see one who does nothing, and he, you know, eventually it says he's cast out into outer darkness. I think that is a clear sign in a parable. Hey, we're not even talking about somebody that is a believer. So this should be a call to us to be faithful, to use whatever God has given us to serve him, knowing that our king is coming back. We will be held accountable. And if we're truly a servant of the king, we will faithfully serve him. And that's where there may be varying degrees of that. And some have been entrusted with more with which to serve him. But we all, whether great or or small, might be the things entrusted to us, need to be faithful. So let these parables in chapter 25 of Matthew, uh, verses 1 through 30, that's our reading for today. Let those drive you to faithfulness, to readiness, to alertness, uh, so that you are ready because Christ is coming at a moment that we do not know, that we will not expect. But whatever trials we may face along the way until that day, we know uh, God is our fortress. He is full of steadfast love. May we sing of that steadfast love in the morning. And I'm sure excited to continue reading through God's word and especially to continue reading more and more Psalms together as we go through the Bible. Thank you for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.